0: Holy Word, into our hearts and minds and spirits, that it come forth in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Well, today we're going to talk about don't let go of your holding on, okay? Don't let go of your holding on. Amen. Whatever you're holding on to, don't let go of it. And we're going to talk about... Recent incidents in Cleveland, I know most of you have seen it as a news story, now they're making jokes out of it and all that kind of thing, but when you're when you're desperate for a miracle, you're thankful that God has people who take it seriously and will pray and understand prayer commitment and see it through. So whatever you're holding on for, don't let go of it. Whatever you're holding on to in God do not let go of it. Please it's a difficult year to hold on but if people would hold on to what he had promised them and and keep believing him don't get deceived by the enemy don't quit don't turn around don't turn away and don't turn back don't get distracted by things entering in that there was to be a year of great fortune and certainly we have seen that word come to pass in this situation amen it's good to see amen <clears throat> the prophecies of God come to pass in such a real way. I tell people I haven't. I've since about 2010. I've seen more, um, uh, more current fruit in prophecies that God's given me to to speak. Like I can, it's right there at the door. And so we always talk about an imminent fruit that comes off of a prophecy. And then there's. You know, prophecy is like. Remember that, that uh, old uh, commercial about the cold tablet with the tiny time capsules, and uh, they're set to go off at different intervals. Of course, we know it's probably not true. I mean, come on, it's just a pill, folks. It either works or it doesn't. But the concept was kind of interesting, and it was nice to think that you had that much uh, uh, they had that much control over your your condition time it so that it goes off continually and you get maximum benefit. And that is the way it is with the word of the Lord when it's believed. There are parts of it that are are imminent and, and at the door and, and will bear fruit almost immediately. Then there are parts of it that are delayed a bit. And so it's oftentimes there's like a a token at the beginning where you see some fruit immediately it's just as a confirmation that that word is true. And then you kind of see it in a delayed form come to pass in the fullness at a later time. It's like a harvest. Uh, there's always the first bud and then later on the full harvest. But it just seems to me of recent years, and I think probably since the year we had the year of the prophetic people, I've seen more God's word come to pass immediately and consistently for people who would believe it and step into it. And I think what God is telling us is that he is ready to reward faithful people. It's the people who have held on. Amen. And, you know, it's not just for the new Christians. Remember how people be brand new Christians. They get all their bills paid and you're struggling, you know, to develop your faith and all of that. Those are like tokens of God's word. But it's not like that now. It's where he's beginning to, um, to adorn people in a certain level of dignity where you don't have to go through the shame and embarrassment of when is it going to happen and why is it not happening for me? You got me? He wants us to be clothed in a... It's happening now. And he's doing it for me now. I know I felt loved. If, if I asked my husband for something and I saw it right away, which seldom happened... <laughs> You understand what I'm talking about? That's why I like the ministry of angels. When God sends an angel to your house, they know what to do. They do it right away. They don't. There's no will and no flesh to fight through. Or you got to invent more female tricks. You know, you got to go to grad school. you got to go post-doctorate on these brothers. Of course, I digress. What was I speaking of? I was, I was in my word, I was sharing glorious things <laughs> right but you know if if a person the more quickly they respond to you the more you feel loved, the more you sense their concern and their care for you. And I think that's what God wants his bride to feel like now. That we get the immediate and we know. You don't have to, God loves me, I know it by faith. You know that kind of, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know how it is. And brothers, you got to be faith on them brothers for a lot of years. So... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But I digress again let me see (laughs) what was I talking I was speaking on but you know what I'm saying God wants us to know that we're loved he wants us to feel his care to feel that we're important to him all of that that's part of it and all he's saying is just continue doing what you've always done and this is your time you know this is the time for my bride to have something proven to her you know he's proving his love to us in unique ways and so i believe that because of that we're going to see even more miraculous answers to prayer we're going to see more things because i think god has gotten his bride to the point where she's not really really not looking for somebody else you know i mean really not you're focused on him and you love him more than you could ever express it to him and that's how we see these results you know we've finally gotten the world out of our eyes and wanting to be important out of our eyes and you know i want to blow up like so-and-so blew up well you help yourself but i'm just going to keep doing what i've been doing in god You you understand what i'm saying the ambition's gone the stupidity's gone and you can just settle back and you know relax and enjoy one another you know kind of like a an old marriage where you know you don't have to 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 skip dessert all the time because he know you greedy (laughs) and he don't care you know, and them extra pounds don't bug him cause he got some too. You understand what I'm saying? We done got comfortable with each other. We can trust one another. We're not trying to impress and connive and fool one another. We just be real and, and love one another and, and not be afraid to do that. So praise the Lord. So anyway, it's, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. So, <clears throat> In, in speaking about this this uh, situation, though, I thought I would uh, start on page seventy-one in the Prayer Manual, the Crimes Against Children's Prayer, and give people a little bit of background about uh, when that prayer was developed, how it was developed, and how it's important for what we we see and what we need to see in the the earth today. Uh, it just seemed at the time the prayer was developed that. <clears throat> there was a lot of concern over children that were missing, exploited um, uh, children from single parent families that didn 't have the protection protective covering that that um, married couples can provide and that 's just a fact it 's not an indictment against anybody uh, because we 've all been sold a bill of goods yes. you know in the world you get told that whatever you want to do is fine and Uh, there are no consequences and anybody who judges you appoints a finger as a hater and you know you can do what you want to do and and if you take that attitude and you wind up in a situation where you have too much on your plate then you've got to look to somebody outside of a family situation for help and i think this is where the problem begins because at one time it was it was common for the husband to work and take care of the family bring in the food and bacon and whatever he brought in was cooked you understand what I 'm saying because families were like that uh, families felt that their main your main focus should be the survival of the family the protection and nurture of the children all of that was uh, on the top of the thing that was very important the word sacrifice where parents are concerned was a very common word you know my parents used it all the time we make sacrifices well i don't have i don't look nice like so and so i can remember there was a woman in our building that worked and uh of course her children were grown my mother's children we were still at home and uh we would say things like i now i would say sometimes mama lucy pretty miss lucy pretty she looks pretty all the time how come you don't dress up like miss lucy and by the time she got finished with you understood everything from from genesis to revelation and uh, she did everything but tell the truth about miss lucy you know you understand what I'm saying and so because they were cut from two different bolts of cloth you know you don't compare apples with oranges so forth and so on but she would always say well I don't have clothes like that because I would prefer for you to have them we can't afford for everybody to dress like that and that sacrifice it was known that your parents uh, made sacrifices for you and you understood that they would be necessary for you to make them for your family a different because The family was important, and so you didn't leave the kids with anybody except a neighbor that you knew something about, and uh, it was no daycare to put children in. Latchkey kids, we didn't associate with them uh, because they were bad kids because they didn't have parenting, they just it was just that way. Now, all of a sudden, you're you're uh, not you're depriving somebody of their civil rights if you would dare tell them it would be better for you as a family if if one of you stayed at home with the children they need more supervision they need more parental control they need more time with a parent etc etc so you can't tell people that anymore because they have a right to do what they want to do and so from from the Uh, position where God was speaking to us that left a lot of gaps and cracks in the care of children where the enemy could get in and do kidnapping. The enemy could do come in and do crimes against them in such a way that children would be sacrificed, and so we saw this as a, uh, um, a move of the curse of Jezebel to separate and divide families and sacrifice those children on the altar of Baal. Baal worship was worship of of um, uh, an idol god who allowed people to be rebellious against God. That's the one thing. It's a rebellion against God, not to use the wisdom of God that he gives you in order that you might have a secure household. You would have children who were secure and nurtured properly and they had proper... Oversight at all times. For instance, if the parent was not able to take care of the children all the time, there was a responsible grandparent or a responsible close relative responsible. One of the things that we found was that many women were leaving their children with men who were not the parents or the fathers of these children. They were in uh, live in boyfriend situations, and there were a great deal of, of child sexual crimes against these. Children, and also uh, murders and beatings at the hands of non uh, non-parent male babysitters, so to speak, and so we begin to pray against that. <clears throat> We also begin to ask God to open the eyes of parents who would just blindly leave their children uh, with anybody without, you know, sometimes you get that second thought, maybe I shouldn't. They override it and go ahead and do it anyway. And so that, that's a spirit of folly that makes them believe it's got to work. Out. See, just because society says you can do it and they don't put a, a stigma against it anymore doesn't make it wise to do. Amen. You have to listen to God. And we found that this godlessness that's in everything where they take God out of the workplace and take him out of schools and take him out of, want to take him out of churches. You got me? And so this kind of godless uh, mentality opens the door also for the devil to have dominance in these situations so that he can just come in and do whatever he wants to do. And so that was when you started to see the milk carton kids and uh, these kinds of kids, etc., cetera, etc., cetera there are also situations where children who had 2 parent households would would fall victim to this as well because the devil will snatch whomever he can snatch and so there began to be the um, uh, uh, John Walsh, Adam Walsh's father when Adam was kidnapped and murdered and uh, he decided that he would channel his anger into a rescue uh, um, ministry so to speak for missing and children and, and for criminals in general and we found that there was a great deal of um, uh, support for these kinds of things and, and see these things uh, come about as an answer to prayer this is part of the answer see when you begin to pray God has to raise up people who can speak against these things in whatever arena they're called to And so the person out there in the secular world who is is speaking the same thing that you speak in your prayer and you hear that on television, you hear that out of the mouth of somebody in the secular world who can get natural forces involved to help bring it to pass that's an answer to your prayer so that person becomes your ally they become your prayer partner they become your source for your information and so forth you are a helper for that individual so just because they're not all praying it doesn't mean we're not all on the same team and we're not working together to affect a positive outcome for these kinds of things and so when you begin to do these things You have to follow them through to the conclusion that God has you follow them through to. And this is where a lot of times the problem comes in with the praying aspect of things. Because we know that when you hear from God and you begin to release these ideas in the spirit. You begin to make these commands and make these demands that the enemy stop what he's doing. Then... When you start to do those things, if you stop doing them, what does the enemy do? See, this is what you, and you don't want to know what he does. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're going to do what you do till Jesus comes. See, that's the commitment on the church, and that should be the commitment on every believer who undertakes a life of prayer. That you don't stop. That you don't fall out with Pastor Barb or Pastor Shirley or Miss Nola or or Wana, uh, 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 Miss Wana, and and quit praying because you feel like they don't uh, talk to you right or they offend you or they didn't pray with you enough or give you enough time on the phone. And you understand what I'm saying? See, these are the tricks of the enemy to get you to disconnect, so that he can go and do what he wants to do. Because if he can disconnect enough people, he has greater sway. Over what he wants to do. So the first thing you do is you protect the ranks. See? And the military, so Marines especially. If they know they have a fallen man out there, they don't leave him on the battlefield. They go everywhere until that body's recovered or they know the fate of that person. See? They don't, they don't do that. They take care of their own, so to speak, is what they say, because they see that person as their own body. Not me. And so the body of Christ is that way. Except we have this uh, individuality sometimes that'll creep into into the mix, or we have this selfishness where people feel like, well, I've been doing this for X number of years and I'm still doing the same thing. Well, praise God, you found your calling. So continue to do your calling. But they sing, they always see prayer as a stepping stone to something yes. out there. You see what I'm saying. Yes. And so if that whatever that is out there that the devil tells them they're really called to, if they don't see it at a certain period of time, they just quit praying and don't see that they've left some child yes. Yes. in a house chained up.)
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, <please. laughs>
0: see all these prayers that you pray for until you see them come to pass those prayers are still out there undone unanswered yet to be answered and if you can walk away from that so easily what makes you think you have the heart of jesus christ on the inside of you just saying god wouldn't do that god wouldn't call you to do that god wouldn't tell you to disconnect from a prayer life And leave people. Well, I still pray. No, you don't. And I know you don't. You're not on your assigned. Watch. You don't assign yourself. You have an assignment. You didn't. None of you assigned yourself to this. You think you came here and just started to pray because somebody invited you? But you were called to God here. Huh? This is not the kind of party you can just crash and bust into on your own. You have to be invited to it. You have to be invited to war, folks. You don't see any branch of the military where people can just walk in there and pick up weapons and start fighting with people. They don't play that. There's a calling to that. There's a training for that. There's an assignment that's made. All of that is made for you to follow through on it so that at the end of it, you can get that answer. God can see somebody down here faithful to do His work and not want anything for themselves other than let's do the work. You got me? So let's do the work should be all that's important to any of us. And let's get the work done. It has nothing to do with your next Uh, ministry or you know whether or not you sell your albums or uh, whether or not you do your next project that has nothing to do with anything when it comes to prayer so you don't fall out with me because I'm not recognizing you you got me I recognize you I recognize you can read if you can read and pray in tongues then you can do your prayer watch that's That's all I get recognized for. You got me? Anything more than that is just robbing from God. So let's not play those games. We should have left the world of seeking to want to be somebody. Listen, if somebody uh, that had done nothing to anybody took my place and died in my place, I would feel like a million bucks and nothing else can top that in making me feel important. I mean, if that's not the capper, folks, what is? Oh, you mean the the compliments of man mean more to you than the shed blood of Jesus? What an embarrassment. What an embarrassment. And what foolishness. To drop back to something you supposedly died to and left behind. And now all of a sudden that's more important to you. Than humbling yourself to the work God has given you graciously. Because he values you. He says this one I value because I know they will be faithful. And they will follow up on what I give them to do. And I'm entrusting The lives of other people. The souls of other people. The futures of other people to them. That's what we're entrusted with folks. You should care less about somebody. About making a video.
1: Amen.
0: I got lots of videos. Most of them, I wish I was younger, thinner, more beautiful, but it is what it is. I'm not called as a body, I'm called as a voice anyway. You understand? Like John the Baptist, I am a voice. One of many voices. crying in the wilderness. Amen. Then somebody greater has sent me. I ain't the great one. You got me? Somebody greater than me has sent me to do his will. And let's just keep rolling. Let's not get stupid, folks. Amen. So many people leave their calling because they feel like, uh, you know, they, they need to do this. And they, well, I know God told me to do that. We'll keep living. Amen. He called me to do a lot of stuff I ain't seen yet and I'm much older than you are. I'm still living, still plugging away in that. But I know for a fact that when I pray, he hears me. And that when I intercede for other people, they get the benefit of my relationship with God and I can make a major impact in their lives if I will stay faithful to what God has given me to do. So in the crimes against children, we saw some of these points come to pass in this situation probably as we delve more into it we'll see more but I just want to give you some brief understanding about prayer prayer is something that all believers can do and can see results so that's something that all believers can do and see results it does not take a seminary degree doesn't take doctorates and certificates. It just takes a desire to make living contact with the living God. And as you make contact with God, He will instruct you further as to how to perfect and how to master that prayer life that He's called you to. You need to know That God has ordained a life of prayer for all believers. Just as some are more faithful with it than others. Some rely on it more than others. And some enjoy it more than others. Prayer as a ministry though is different. So We know that all believers have a, a life of prayer. Something they can do. But prayer as a ministry is different. As a ministry, God, one must have a specific assignment to carry out and have specific goals in mind. God has set these things in place. Habakkuk 2.14 is an example of a specific prayer ministry. If God has called you to a prayer ministry, it must be scriptural. It must be biblical. It cannot be based on a vision, a dream, or anything except the word of God. When you receive an assignment from God, you will be held accountable to complete the assignment. And this is where you lose 90% of people who get involved in prayer assignments. They don't want to be held accountable. Or if they are accountable, they want to be accountable in the time frame that they want to be accountable. And if there's too much time involved, then they can get busy wandering around and searching for other things that are more interesting to them, that have more appeal, something like that. This time issue is something that needs to get settled. Whenever you take up ministry for God, you've got to get it settled in your heart that time is not your problem and don't make it a problem. Time is not an issue for anything. As far as God's concerned. In Habakkuk Two, one it says. I will stand upon my watch. And set me upon the tower. And will watch to see. What he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. And that's the whole thing. What has God assigned you to do. And when he calls you to account for what you did with your assignment. What do you say? Yeah. Amen. Part two is what people have a real problem with. They want to believe that everything in God's kingdom is totally voluntary on their part. In other words, they don't have to do it if they have something else that they think is more important to do. You got me? And there's no penalty. Now, if it were your son or daughter that was missing for 10 years, you would want to know that that there's a God up there who is calling people to hold it up when you feel discouraged and you don't feel like it's going to happen. You want to feel that there's that kind of power there working for you. But really, he has to use people to get that done. And if the people that you know in a church can pray one day and say, well, well, maybe God doesn't want that, to, or maybe he's changed his mind, or maybe that wasn't God. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? There's no, in an assigned ministry, there's no room for second-guessing God. There's no room for fatigue. There's no room for, well, let's go do something else, or we used to do it that way, but we quit because we just didn't think that was necessary anymore got me there's no room for that once God makes an assignment he expects it to be carried out until Jesus comes and as long as there's no answer the answer that you've been praying for has not come yet you continue to pray that's what it means when it says I'll stand on my watch it's not your business how long it's been it's not your business you know how long it's been it's not your business That's, that's the part you don't have any say in because you don't know what's coming. You don't know and you don't need to know. Yes. Got me? You just need to know what you're assigned to do and be faithful. That's enough, folks. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to know when it's going to come. You don't have to get all prophetical and got to know things and see things and tell people you know when it's going to happen. Sister Etter said that the the devil works so fast she said God will give you a prophecy and then the next thought the devil will come and put a date on it for you yes. Yes. so it's best to leave it alone yes. the fact that God says it's going to happen should be enough yes. we shouldn't have to know when amen. most times if you know when you'll slough off until that date right. comes
1: <laughs> yes. amen
0: well God told me he's going to raise up somebody else to do the labor on
1: that just
0: bring my baby in here when it's washed up and with a nice blanket on it so the specific prayer ministry when you receive an assignment from God you will be held accountable to complete the assignment and don't say God didn't assign something to you if you're using his word, if you're using his word for your bills, then he's assigned that to you. You have an assignment. Because when your paycheck is late, you want to go tear everything up. And, well, I've been standing on the word. Keep standing. There's other things to be brought into his kingdom. You know, for his kingdom to bring down here on earth. So when prayer is your assignment and you work toward fulfilling it, you have a sense of fulfillment and you're not wondering what you should be doing for God. See this lust that people have for something for themselves. The, the assigned prayer life gives you a sense of fulfillment when you're doing the prayer. You feel like you've accomplished your goal. And then you don't fall out with God because something you think is important to happen in your life doesn't happen. Because that's not your fulfillment. Your assignment is your fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Got me? And if you don't feel that way, you need to feel that way. I mean, the time should be passed for you calling Pastor Shirley, telling her you don't didn't pray with your prayer partner because you couldn't find him. You find everything else you want.
1: Amen.
0: You ought to be more woman and more man and God than that. And some of you have been with one prayer partner for 10 years and need to start asking for two. Take the burden off of some of the people who are carrying more weight around here. I'm going to say it again. Some of you who have been around forever with one prayer partner
1: need to have another
0: one. It's real quiet now. (laughs) You can exhale. See, let me tell you why people do this. It's easy for you to sit around and look at some kind of false importance around here. You know, or some kind of false. Some people are supposed to have more responsibility than others. You got me? And you go home and you do nothing with your time. You have nothing to account for it. You have one prayer partner. You've been here 10, 12 years. That's why you're bored. And don't want to come when you do come. Sitting staring at the wall, playing with your iPad, iPod, whatever you're playing with. That's why you do that. Because you're not really employed. You're not holding your weight. You're not taking on the responsibility you need to. For somebody who's been at it as long as you have. Amen. Everybody say amen.
1: amen. <laughs>
0: Children. Need to grow up. And quit worrying about when you're going to get so and so. And when am I going to get mine. And when, 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 when. And take the spiritual diaper off and at least put on some pull-ups or whatever them huggies or whatever them things are. Get in some huggies and start training yourself to go where you're supposed to go. Eat where you're supposed to eat. You got me? And get off this nonsense. Spiritual pretense. and prayers get answers your first one to run and give a praise report but you don't carry any more weight than you you need to show some growth you need to show some concern for new people that come in you know I've been here uh, a number of years Pastor Shirley and I, I, I have extra time I want to use my time to pray with another prayer partner that's not wrong to say huh it's not wrong to want to take on more responsibility. But instead, what do we do? We try to find something to do. Well, you know, uh, 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 flag day is coming up. <laughs> and I usually go and be with my family on flag day. So I can't be in church on flag day. That's real important. See, we start inventing excuses in advance for taking less responsibility than we have now. See, when that pushing away from responsibility gets on you, you will leave it all.
1: Yes. And you
0: resent the very work that God called you to that used to bring you confidence and fulfillment and contentment. Now you resent it. Yes. Huh? Because you've let yourself get there. Yes. You need to check these bad attitudes when you first start getting them. But yet we love Jesus. He's everything to us. Well, you've got all the opportunities in the world to prove it. Well got a lot of opportunities to prove it. And so you get an answer to prayer where God is really blessing you for the seed you've sown, then you have less time for God. It's a trap. A trap of the enemy. He's constantly trying to pull you away from your source and pull you away from your gift and your, your empowerment. Why? Just giving you a taste of the world. Getting a little bit taste here, a little bit taste there, a little selfishness here, a little, what about me there? You know, and it makes a real big salad that you feast on. Huh? And it'll devour you. It's made to devour you. As you live for God, you should be more committed, more dedicated. Attaining to the stature of Christ, not wanting to be a baby for the rest of your life. I know when when the the news came that these girls were rescued, we're going to talk about that some. Pastor Shirley said, you know, I was just so pleased to hear that people remembered them. She said, the people that called me or texted me. She said, I could see that they have been praying because they remembered who these girls were. Got me? Hopefully you have been praying. And not playing like you're praying is easy to do when you're around people who do pray. Right. See, there's that element too. It's easy to, you know, we all wear camouflage, and it's easy to blend in and look like the real thing when your heart isn't in it. But for real, though. Mm. Got me. Got
1: me.
0: See, this is dear to my heart because when I was nothing and nobody, God picked me up and and put a brain back into me, and began to teach me how to live. And I was just so overcome by the fact that He cared enough about me, when nobody else really that I knew did, that. I said, God, can I do something for you? I I, I don't care what it is, God. I'll, I'll do. I'll work behind the scenes. I'll be small. I don't care what it is, God. I want to do whatever you want me to do. And He gave me this ministry. You see. I remember listening to a woman uh, that had a very good supernatural ministry uh, report that she had 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 some encounters with God where she was caught up into heaven for like weeks at a time. And she said that, um, she said, you know, she said, I saw some things in heaven. She said, I saw people. She said, did you know a lot of the people that we know that have great ministries down here are very, very, uh, uh, not very well known in heaven? She said, and I saw Jesus. Uh, talking about all the different ministers and introducing them and he said the people that got the most applause were the intercessors she said when he brought them out everybody knew who they were because they had touched their lives with their prayers so that was when I understood how important it was to the Lord How important it is to the body of Christ. When you can touch a person's life with your prayer, then you know that you've touched their life. In a place where nobody sees it. Nobody knows you pray but you and your prayer partner and maybe the person sitting next to you that's praying. But it's very, very important to God. So I would say if you're uh, wondering, quit wondering. This is it, okay? This is as good as it gets. You got me? Amen. And you should be thankful. Yes, Thank you, be thankful that he doesn't require anything more from you. you. And he will reward you and you can be, do important work for him. This is important work for the kingdom. Amen. So when we have <clears throat> these assignments, we have to work toward fulfilling the assignment. Fulfilling the assignment must be your fulfillment. It must be your joy. And you must stop wondering when. And you fill in the blank. When am I going to get married? When am I going to have a family? When am I, You're going to have to quit wondering the when of everything. I mean everything. Because once you belong to God, that's on His schedule. That's on Him. It's not on you anymore. You don't wonder anymore what you should be doing for God. And when you have a prayer ministry, an assigned prayer ministry, that is your ministry until Jesus comes. And if there is further ministry that you are called to, that is the foundation. And you do not walk away from your foundation. It's a problem people have. Uh, You know, you see all these people used to be a part of the ministry. Apostle this, apostle that. Uh, It's all fake ministry. There's no power there. There's no fruit there. There's, I don't know of anybody that I can tell you that's discontinued this ministry that's gone and done something wonderful. You understand what I mean? That's got power in it. It's all a lot of talk and a lot of titles. But it just, you know, you don't leave a foundation. You don't leave a foundation. See, what they're afraid of is this. They're afraid that one day I'm going to come up to them and tell them it's BS that you're doing.
1: That's why they leave.
0: They won't stay here and do the ministry because they're scared. I'm going to come up and say to them, now why don't you stop it? You know you don't know nothing about God. You know you're telling these people a bunch of crap and what you're trying to sell them is not going to fly. Stop it. (laughs) Anybody who's doing anything that's anointed, you tell them to stop, they'll keep doing it. That's your proof God told you you're supposed to do it. Amen. If they're scared you're going to make them stop, if they think it's stoppable by somebody who's anointed, it's not from God. Amen. Yes. I stayed under pastors that didn't understand who I was, what I was called to do. Yes. And they never tried to tell me to stop. They would just tell me, well, I don't understand it, and I don't think it's good for us here, and so forth and so on. Or they. Push you out of the church, give you a left foot of fellowship, whatever. But when you go home and you sit and God says, I didn't tell you to stop, then you get up and you keep going. So I'm not afraid of somebody telling me what I have isn't real. Nobody's ever told me yet. Because I'm not afraid of it being scrutinized by somebody. The, pray, the faith then that comes from your prayer assignment becomes the foundation for your ministry. Yes. Yes. They all build one upon the other. Yes. And that's a foundation for the believer's ministry which we should all be engaged in. Yes. And any fivefold ministry that you are called to do. Amen. You can consider your ministry fulfilled if you keep your prayer assignment. Then you have done what you're called to do. Amen. This is a challenge. Not to give in to the enemy's distraction or to begin to resent the work. Resent that you have to have a, a, another day during the week to pray. Resent that you have to get to, to prayer on time so you can pray and not be there too late for and miss most Amen. of it. Amen. You got me? Amen. Straddle in anytime you want to. That's not a watch.
1: Amen. You need to get to prayer
0: on time. See, finding contentment in what's assigned to you takes a, a, a greater understanding of God's grace than getting distracted and wandering around trying to find something that's more interesting to you. It takes more spiritual strength to stay with something you're assigned to, no matter how long it takes than it does to catch the next, next wave that's coming along and go along for the ride. Brother Hagan was like that. People make fun of his stories over and over again. He never tried to change them up. He just humbly went out there and did what God told him to do. But he taught faith for over 40 or 50 years to everybody that was hungry for that message. What they did with it was on them. But he was faithful to teach that same message. There were a lot more attractive messages that came along. Some would bring in more wealth, more people, more everything. But he stuck with what God gave him. Because once you're assigned something, you don't have any power to change the assignment. Who do you think you are? You're nothing and nobody and God found you and gave you something to do and gave you a name and now all of a sudden you woke up this morning and you were God. So the challenge is not to become distracted and or lose the love for the work. The assigned work. You're in the work so be diligent and take it Seriously. This is work assigned by God. I know most of you sit there and read those prayers like you don't even know what they mean or don't even take it in. But it's work assigned by God. And it needs to be taken seriously. And the enemy has distractions for us. We all have them. We all have them all the time personal challenges the devil's after you and you fill in the blank he's after something that belongs to somebody else every day because he don't own nothing huh? so you're not unique you're not going to go under as long as you're doing what God called you to do you'll go over but you have to stay with it you have to consider it important you have to develop some kind of inner conviction that the work is important you're going to do it with a certain quality you're not going to skip through it and skim through it and try to get through it too fast yes. or come in after the prayers over and sit up there and look stupid somebody else had to pray 20 pack of 20 prayers and you came in at the end of it and didn't pray any you're not you're not keeping any kind of watch, you're fooling yourself, and that man you dream about all the time he ain't showed up in twenty years either and that woman you think is for you, she ain't showing up anyway, so I might as well go ahead and work for God cause ain't none of that coming either. You got me uh, while you're thinking that you're distracted by something else that's more enticing, I got news for you. Whether they come or not, God is still going to hold you accountable for your assigned life. Whether you ever get married or not, you can still pray and have some dignity in life as an intercessor. You're trading true riches for something that's going to perish. The lust of things entering in, things that you think are so important, and you think God doesn't notice, but you're really secretly mad at Him because you don't have them yet. So you act out by coming late to prayer, taking off from church when you want to, and just letting God know you mad, because you can get what you want, yeah Amen. Amen. He knows it without you acting out
1: <laughs>
0: So you might as well just go and stick your mouth out for a minute, repent, go do your assignment, and go home being a happy person and get over it, get over yourself. personal ambition what you want to do with your life instead of what you're doing here God called me to so and so and such and such or you know <clears throat> my supervisor at work told me that I would make a good this that or the other well that was 10 years ago baby what you done with it <laughs> You can't live off somebody else's flattery to you. Hmm? Boss probably told you that because he don't want to give you a raise. Hmm? Well, you should really go to back to school because you would be really, really good at it. God's already paying you as much as anybody there. More than people without the education get. But you're letting other people's words... Feed your personal ambition. Insecurity is what it feeds. Insecurity. God's already promoted you. His wisdom is is made you triple times smarter than anybody sitting there with you. And these people don't even have God, and they're trying to give you advice.
1: You crazy for
0: listening to them? And you ain't going to school either, so just let's just skip that. You don't even want to go to school. Didn't want to go. Didn't want to finish K through twelve that you did.
1: It's
0: personal ambition. So. All these things will cause you to shift your foundation and it chokes the word off. So you don't have the enjoyment of keeping your assignment. You look for excuses not to keep your assignment. Because really you know you're not doing it as well as you could like everybody else. And you get a little convicted around people who are committed. So you got you to gotta escape every now and then. Flag day. You'll go to family celebration on flag day 'cause you you can't take it any longer because you know you're not doing what you could do. So you gotta get a little let off a little steam from get a little release from that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well well you know, I really had to go visit my aunt because she knits and I had to hold a yarn for her. <laughs>
1: nobody holds the yarn like I do so I,
0: So you have a holding yarn vacation right? <laughs> but you know any excuse for a little escape so we don't have to endure the conviction and then repent and tell God you know what God I should do better at this I see these other people being diligent and I've looked down my nose at them like they don't have a life and I do and the devil show you know the devil tell you that and God shows you that's a lie. Yes. So you run out of excuses after a while for not conforming and taking seriously what God's given you to do.
1: Amen.
0: So then, when the answer comes in, your rejoicing's false and it's kind of hollow because you knew you didn't contribute. Yes. Wow. Amen. You know, yes. just a thought. Just a thought. So, you know, stop being a hypocrite about this. You can be genuine. You can be sincere. Anytime you decide, you say, God, you know what? I've really been playing around with this. I, I need to take this seriously. I see how people are on the verge of losing their minds and giving up totally everything. And my prayers can make a difference. I didn't know if it was that serious, God. I really didn't. But now I see it. You know what I'm saying? If this is the first time your eyes got open, now you see it. And you see that it's serious. Yeah. Now we don't beat you over the head with it because the minute you start beating people, they get people get this thing on them where if you tell them something's important, then they take it in the flesh yes. and they feel important. Yeah. I don't want that to happen with you. I want this to be just a normal part of your life without you getting entangled with it. Yes. And going off bragging about you're a watchman, you do this and do that. I don't want you to get caught up in taking the glory from God. Amen. But I do want you to understand that this is important. Worlds change by people's prayers, they don't change by songs. Yes. <clears throat> So your challenge is not to become distracted to the point that you lose the love for the work. You have to love the work that you're called to. When you get get your, your foundation shifted, the word gets choked off and it doesn't bear the fruit that it's supposed to. So that's why you're not satisfied. So we have to remain attentive to God and what he has for us you got to stand at the feet, foot of the cross, and wait for your assignment. And when your assignment comes, you go and carry it out faithfully. You do it on time. And quit using everything for an excuse to slight the, the prayer ministry that God's given you. You got me? I mean, you can you'll dislike the wallpaper and decide you want to come in. To prayer late every time. Just you don't like the wallpaper. You got me. If I'm saying it again, if that were your child, your relative, penned up in a house for ten years, knowing that prayer could release that person. If anybody doesn't know that by now, they haven't been plugged in. Even people in the world know it's a result of prayer. Yeah. And maybe some of you are being convinced for the first time that your prayers avail much. I mean, you know, here it is. It's written right across your manual you use. Maybe now you believe it. Yeah. So we must be found faithful. Faithfulness is a fruit of God's Spirit. If you exercise your spirit through prayer, that fruit will be there. It's there dwelling within us. Faithfulness causes you to consider not and stagger not. You don't stagger if you look at these little faces and you don't know how. What do you care? How old they are. What do you care if they still need? What do you care? You just pray, okay? When you're assigned, you do your assignment. Your faith is in step with God's assignment at all times. When you commit yourself to pray, your faith is is in step with God's assignment for you at all times. No male babysitters, that's got to be prayed with great force, folks. Because that's a root of a lot of problems here. And there are women, unfortunately, who are foolish enough to leave their children with anybody because they have to go out and to a job and make money. And so we have to, these things that the government does to help people to live this kind of lifestyle, that's got to be turned around. Because we've got a lot of enemies now, folks, that are working against godly standards that are are standards that work. They work. So, you don't leave your, your child with a, a boyfriend and buy him a Nintendo game. And let me just say this: men don't buy women, uh, women don't buy men nothing. I just hate that up front. You know, if you, he ain't married to you, he don't get in your pocket or your drawers. pretty good wasn't it they didn't think that was coming I said it in a minute Amen. Amen. that's why on holidays Mother's Day Father's Day the ministry gives everybody a gift you got me people in the ministry usually if they want to buy for friends in them they wind up buying for everybody
1: yeah
0: because we're not trying to date nobody around here. You understand what I'm saying? They get the wrong idea. You don't give a gift with a hook on the end of it. Or an anchor. Whee! <laughs> this is fun. But you don't buy a man a boy's game if you want him to be a man. You know, if he ain't driving, buy him a bus pass so he can go to work. If he don't have the right uniform for it, go get him some grays and some greens to work in. I understand what I'm saying? But buy him no toys. That's okay. freak. Freak. Freak faster, freak. And most of you know some women who are leaving their children with.
1: Yes.
0: So you speak to them, you ask God to give you an open door to utter the truth to them and minister to them. Amen. Come out the closet. Everybody else, ain't nobody left in the closet now but the Christians. We the last ones out and scared to come out. Everybody done been out it now. We are still up in there. <laughs> One of the things, number four, was what we saw working. The hearts of the fathers turned towards sons and daughters, etc., etc. Where fathers who had contact with their children stayed as the covering in the household. Stayed as the the, uh, one who was standing encouraging everybody else where there was a father. Unfortunately, these homes had no, many times, no protection, no wisdom for the children. See, a, a girl that has a father has been disciplined to stay with the father, as the male that gives you orders and you listen to, and that's it. That's right. That's right. Even the brothers, he'll make them brothers quit. If the the the, hug, the uh, father sees the brothers kind of bossing the sister around, he won't put up with it. Right. He'll make them respect her right. and honor her. No, I'm the head of her. Period. And you help by assignment, but I tell her what to do. So that she's not deceived by a male voice that says, oh, I'll give you a ride. She knows to run because that voice, she is a foreign voice to her and she won't listen to that. She's not easy, easily deceived by that. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so where you see <clears throat> hearts of fathers turned back toward their children wanting to be responsible for their children yes. wanting to be real fathers for their children yes. where it's possible yes. you know this is this is a good thing this is an answer to prayer yes. protection by the heavenly host you know there had to be angelic help there to keep yes. those girls alive yes. when they could have been murdered many times yes. Yes. cutting Jezebel's cords to her children yes. Now here's one of Jezebel's workers, Sylvia Brown, the psychic. Right. right. On in 2005, um, is it uh, Michelle, Amanda, Amanda Berry's mother, Luana Miller? It's over in this thing over here. Amanda's Berry. right before Christmas in 2005, it says here, Amanda Berry's mother bought presents as usual for her daughter. Luana Miller had neither seen nor heard from Berry for over two years, but she remained hopeful that she would return to her in time to unwrap the gifts. In fact, it would be seven more years before Berry and two other missing women Gina De Jesus and Michelle Knight would reappear in a house a few miles from where all three disappeared in Cleveland, Ohio. Tragically, the reappearances came too late for Miller, who died in March 2006, apparently of a broken heart. The story begins on uh, April 21, 2003, the day before Barry's 17th birthday. She called her sister to say she was getting a ride home after putting in a shift at Burger King around 10 minutes drive from where she lived. It would be over 10 years before Charles Ramsey, a neighbor of the house where she was being held captive, would hear her screams and free her. In their intervening years, her family suffered the absence of their loved ones and the misery of hopes being dashed as leads proved fruitless. The first came shortly after her disappearance when a man using her daughter's phone called and told her, I have Amanda, she's fine, and will be coming home in a couple of days, but that led to nothing. As time passed and no news emerged, the case was featured on the TV program, America's Most Wanted. In November 2004, Miller, who worked tirelessly to highlight her daughter's case, appeared on the Montell Williams show. The experience was a painful one for Miller, who was told by a supposed psychic on the show, and this is that Sylvia Brown, is that her name?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. She said, She's not alive, honey. Those words, Miller's friend said, profoundly affected her nevertheless miller continued her search holding a vigil march the following year on barry's birthday during which people sang happy birthday to the absent teenager but in december 2005 miller was taken to hospital with pancreatitis and other ailments she died three months later of heart failure at age 44 Donna Brady, a city counselor, who said she spent many hours with Miller, said she literally died of a broken heart. There was further trauma for Barry's surviving family last summer when a prison inmate, Robert Wolford, told authorities they would find her remains in a city lot in Cleveland. He was taken to the location which was dug up but no body was found. Wolford made subsequent was sent subsequently censored Sentenced to four and a half years in jail after admitting he made up the claim. De Jesus went missing a year after Perry, a uh, berry, age 14. She disappeared while walking home with uh, from Wilbur Wright Middle School about a half mile from where Perry went missing. In the months after De Jesus went missing, her father Felix would go out every night after work to search for his daughter. He was frustrated, feeling that the authorities had given up on his daughter. No special alert was issued the day she failed to return home because no one witnessed her abduction. The lack of an alert angered Felix de Jesus, who said in 2006 he believed the public would listen even if such alerts became routine in 2006 there was briefly hope of a resolution to the case after a tip-off that de jesus's body was buried under the garage of a property belong, belonging to a registered sex offender the house owner and another man were arrested on suspicion of aggravated murder but a search failed to yield anything and neither man was charged Knight's case too was a story of a family continuing to cling on to hope and search for their missing loved one after they felt authorities efforts trailing off. While the cases of Perry and Jesus were high profile in Cleveland's West Side community, the disappearance of Knight, who was 18 at the time of her disappearance in 2002, drew far less attention. Speaking on Monday after she had been found, her grandmother, Deborah Knight, said that based on advice from police and social workers, family members had concluded that Michelle, who was last seen as a, as a at a cousin's house, had probably left on her own accord because she was angry that her son had been removed from her custody. But Michelle Knight's mother, Barbara, was unable to accept that she would disappear without a word to let her know she was safe. She said she had continued to distribute flyers in Cleveland long after police stopped searching, and even when she had moved from Cleveland to Florida, she would often return to continue the search. Knight said that she at once thought she had seen her daughter walking with an older man who appeared to be dragging her along when she dawdled at a shopping plaza in Cleveland several years previously, but she called her daughter's name and the woman did not turn around. Understandably, given the years of dashed hopes on Monday, Barbara Knight was weary of believing that her daughter had truly been found until she had concrete proof but she was also looking ahead to the possibility of introducing her to another member of the family the little sister Michelle has never met so you see there have been a lot of twists and turns in these situations and a lot of discouragement for people I don't care how much you know about the word how much you know about God you're a human being and you're subject to be discouraged. You're subject to be uh, um, distracted. The enemy tries awful hard to get people to quit believing God. But God has called a people who never quit. That's why I'm trying to tell you the prayers of the righteous are so important in these situations. What do you care how long it's been? You pray anyway. You keep the watch because this is what you do. What else are you called to do? What else are you called that's productive to do? So this psychic Sylvia Brown is the one who was on the Montel Williams show. Now she works for Satan. She's in the witchcraft. And that's why we break the power of witchcraft. It's point number 10 on this prayer. You break the power of witchcraft... So that people are not influenced negatively by these words, they're not uh, taken to uh, uh, a different direction by the words. They don't begin to speak against what God wants to do, and they, in the case of of um, uh, Luanna, the girl's uh, mother, which what's her name, Michelle Berry, Amanda Berry, in her mother's case. To be able to live until that promise comes to pass. See prayers are so important to keep people in the right flow of information. So that they, can, that they can be kept in a place where the plan of God and the vision of God can be realized. God's vision was to reunite that girl with her mother. It was not for that mother to die before that girl was found. It just was not his plan. And you see how the devil gets in there with his false information. That's why I'm telling you just be faithful to what you're called to do. Because because somebody is prominent and has a name. That doesn't mean that they're credible people. That doesn't mean they have some help for anybody. Just because they have a name. And here you are. You're a woman. Who feels that nobody cares about her. Your daughter's been missing. And ah here's your opportunity. Go on this famous person's show. And have somebody help you. And see you open yourself up. You open your faith up to that. And then that, that errant word comes in there. And it kills whatever hope and whatever faith and whatever encouragement you had in there which was fragile to begin with. And so this is why you have to take authority over witchcraft. This is why you pray these psychics off TV. Now everybody's complaining about this Sylvia Brown. I found a website. It's called Stop Sylvia Brown. It's been up for a long time. Huh? Yes. So uh, when God says, I have much people in the city, yeah. he means that. Yeah. So when you pray, don't ever feel like your prayers. He doesn't have us down here working like this for nothing, to avail nothing. You understand me? And then your prayers are able to to take the blinders off the minds of people who can get up in the secular arena and speak out against these things. You may not be called to go public with what you know. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think about it sometimes. I say, God, you know what? What they need is somebody to stand up and tell them this, that, and the other. And he'll raise somebody else up. Yeah. Never called me to get up in nobody's face. He called me to do what I committed to do when I was small. Yeah. Stay small. Yeah. Stay small in God's eyes. Yeah. Stay faithful to what God called you to do. And he can use you to do great things. Yeah. Suppose all the people who worked behind the scenes were, finally, were suddenly brought forward. What effect would that have on the work of the ministry? Everybody want to be famous now all of a sudden. Everybody want to be known. Whereas you were content for years to just work behind the scenes and have the joy and the contentment and fulfillment of knowing that you've done a work for God and He gave you an assignment and you fulfilled it. That was your joy. Now all of a sudden your joy is elsewhere. That's not your joy. Well, who's going to pray if you don't? Who's going to stand on that watch if you don't stand on that watch? So, witchcraft plays a very important role in this. We've been praying for the Long Island medium to go back to Long Island and get off television. She has no place on television contacting the dead that should be a tip off to anybody who wants to find somebody who's praying for somebody to be kept alive you don't go to somebody who contacts the dead for that kind of stuff they have a rundown here of all the the bad advice that sylvia brown has given to people all the the uh, uh un unvalidated Claims that she's made all of this. I'm shocked, and I understand she still has a radio uh, program. So we need to pray her off everything, and get her get her off. So whoever's in charge of our prayer cards on witchcraft prayer, put her on there. If she's not already on there, put the Long Island medium on there. These people are dangerous. These people hurt other people. They kill their faith. And their assignment is from hell to keep hell filled up with people and keep people who would otherwise have a normal life uh, wrapped up in grief over people who are departed and just need to let it go. You got me? There's really need to let it go and just go on with the living. Sometimes that's the only thing you can do. That's what I did. I was married for almost 30 years. My husband passed away. I had to let it go. I can't just sit around and try to contact him and find out what he's doing today. and Find somebody who can imitate his voice. Of course, when you're married to somebody, it's hard. that's a hard one to work. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's like... You know that voice. You won't listen to an imitation of that. That's for sure. So in the prayers, in the points on our prayer, we break the power of witchcraft that allows, number one, witchcraft is responsible for kidnapping, rape, murder, terrorism, and internet stalking. All of these are victim crimes where you can subdue a victim with your words. You can influence a victim and entice them. To step away from wisdom and become your victim. And I like the way number 16 came to pass. Make children wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's how they live for 10 years. Huh? That's how they live for 10 years. God can give them words to, to make that attacker not kill them and not go further. So that they can live another day and God will give them hope every day to survive that day and they can wake up with hope for the next day. And so when people are in captivity, they'll tell you, many of them will tell you, what kept me going was, and whatever that thing is, it was given to them by God. And God alone. You understand me? And I'm sure the psychics and and all of the rest of the witches would love to be able to influence them not to believe. And to quit believing so that the devil can take their lives. But God. The girl in California, J.C. Dugard, survived what, 17 years? She survived? She's in her 30s now. She was a kid when she was abducted. Has had two children since then. And she said, I just began to realize that if I said this or said that, he would let me live another day. She did that for years. Tens of years. God. God's the only one who can keep a person like that, folks. He's the only one. And this is because he can find people who will pray, cut pictures off milk cartons, cut pictures off flyers. Pray over them earnestly praying. Instead of being always wrapped up in yourself, coming up there, laying your hands on it and staring and don't say nothing and just biding your time. It's an abomination to God to do that when there's so much at stake. So when these girls were found... I wish, you know, I had kept some of the YouTube video of the scene outside the home where they were found and outside of their own houses. The whole complexion of that neighborhood changed from people being suspicious of one another, fearful of one another. Now people were getting out in the streets rejoicing, getting to know who their neighbor was. People even have re- remarked, people live in the neighborhood, they said, this is a new day in our neighborhood. This is a new day. It's like everybody's been let out of prison. And let me tell you why. If you will be consistent in your prayer, when you begin to see results like this, it's because there is a strong man that has been holding this that has had to let go of his hold. It's not just these kids that are being held, these women that are being held. But it's a whole city of people who have been under the power of witchcraft and under the power of fear and kidnapping and terrorism and, and all of those things that keep people bound and Jesus wants them all free. He wants them all free. Proverbs 11 and <clears throat> I'll share that with you. I didn't mean to be this to be a, a session where, you know, people get spanked, but you need a spanking. Because some of you could care less about whether you pray. You're still complaining about not being able to find your prayer partner. And you're still dragging the prayer late. Well, Ms. Nola's in prayer. You know how she is. She in charge. You know how she is. You don't have to respect her. Say amen, somebody, you scaredy cats. You know that's what you think. That's why you don't come in on time because you think you don't have to respect her. You're looking at people still. You forgot about God, didn't you? Well, God's in charge of our meetings. Ms. Nola's just the one taking responsibility for coming there to let you in so you can pray. Grow up and quit using people as an excuse for your own laziness. Proverbs 11.10 When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, their shouts of joy. Amen. If you don't believe that proverb is true, you look at some of the, the news clips from the neighborhoods in Cleveland. I mean all over Cleveland. People rejoicing out in the streets, waving and, and waving on the police department. You know, barriers between the police in certain neighborhoods are broken down now. Where people want to help. Where the police want to get involved. All these walls that keep people separated and keep them from helping one another get broken down. When you prevail in prayer and you make the devil give up what he's holding. You dethrone a strong man. Strong men keep a whole city in bondage. They keep a whole city trapped. Because they because they can because nobody tells them they can't do it, yeah. 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 but we're people called to tell them you can't do it and we won't let you do it yeah. because I take my prayer seriously and I get the prayer on time and I worship God. I'm not just there to hear the word and, and give my offering so I can get my blessing. I'm there to serve Amen. and I serve through my prayers. And I serve through standing. Even when I don't want to come, I come. Even when I don't like the person in charge, I come. I get over myself. And I let my voice be heard before the throne room of God. That's what you're trying to do. But I think it's time for a new day for people to come out of uh, their stupor. Of not taking it seriously. That there are serious answers to prayer that God wants to see. This is just the tip of the iceberg folks. This is just the beginning. God isn't done yet. I think he did this to show us that as a body of believers we can accomplish great things. And when he needs to raise up people on the outside to speak in a natural way. A setting and speak these things then we through our prayers give them the accurate words to say we give them the confidence to step out and do these things because they're somehow backed up by a force they don't even know is there but that force compels them to keep going forward and keep working at these things until they're accomplished if the church is silent then the government becomes a government of tyranny they can do anything they want to do they can tell any lie they want to tell about what happens to people when they're sent to a foreign government and they're not protected by our own military forces we've got the most expensive the most well trained military in the world and we couldn't keep one ambassador and a couple of people along with him alive it's baloney and see that stuff comes down because people pray and they take their prayer seriously they're not just coming to church they're coming to work And they take their job seriously. And see when we stop being uh, you know Christians that just want an easy life. Yes. We want to make excuses for being slothful. Make excuses for being lazy. We just want what we want. And that's we just come and give, give God a little lip service and then we move on. And we're mad if we don't get what we want soon enough. Yes. So I've seen it all too often. People live a a slothful life and they want God to bless it. When he doesn't bless it and they continue doing it, they get angrier, 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 and angrier. When they've got nothing out there for him to bless. Then they get mad at the person next to them Mm -hmm. that does what they're supposed to do and they get blessed. So we're going to stop doing that, folks. We're going to take this seriously that God has given us to do because we see the results of it. You know if there wasn't prayer for this, none of this would have happened. You know that for a fact. If you don't, you know it now. And if you're not serious about prayer, you need to get serious about it. And quit wondering when you're going to get what you want. You don't know what you want anyway. And most of it, it's been within your reach for years and you won't reach out and get it. Oh ye of little faith. Oh, ye that's scared of the consequences. Oh, ye that's filled with what ifs. What if it don't work out? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? if? God could bless you. If you'd have a little confidence. Maybe you'd get a little more if you take your prayer assignment seriously. Just saying. Just a thought. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's worthy. He's worthy he's worthy he's worthy so yeah this is a season folks to don't get cute don't get stupid don't want nothing for you this is a season to wait for God to bring it to you like Elijah did when the brook dried up your brook is dry consider your brook dry and you're waiting patiently for the God of the universe yeah. to bring your needs to you yeah. while you diligently work for Him. Yeah. And that's your life. Yeah. That's your life. Yeah. Quit worrying about when certain things are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. They'll, never, they'll never get here with you being concerned about them. Mm-hmm. You got to let them go and let God do it for you. You got to trust Him with this. <laughs> huh? You got to trust Him. It's like those parents couldn't, got a child somewhere and you don't know where they are and you can't go to them. They'll make you crazy if there wasn't a God somewhere. And if there weren't people who take their prayer seriously. You've got to have that combination. Or this world would be hell for sure. It's bad enough as it is. It would be worse if the prayers, if the saints did not pray. And the other thing, stay off Facebook with your prayer requests. Don't lower yourself. I mean seriously And don't put anybody else's prayer requests on there
1: Amen.
0: You don't know anything about those people You don't know if they're saved There are people on there claiming to be Christians And they send you the most vulgar yes. stuff You ever want to see yes. And yet you would put a prayer request And get them people get, If you care about people Don't put their stuff Amen. on there
1: Amen Amen
0: Don't cheapen what God's doing in your life. Because you don't know what else to do. Go get you another prayer partner if you're bored. You got me? But we need to get this serious, folks. We need to quit playing about this. Quit grinning about everything. You know, ouch and amen is fine. But let's really repent. And let's believe God to change us. So that we can do more for Him. Amen. We'll go out strong. Father in heaven, we thank you for blessing us. To know You. Father, we don't want to take anything for granted. We understand prayer is so important, so vitally important. But now we have evidence from You of how You've assigned us to make a difference. A great difference. When parents are weary and can't hold up their faith, You raise us up to hold it up for them. We can hold up prayers before Your throne. That can be to their benefit and can release the the answer that they so desperately need. These people have done nothing to deserve this kind of abuse from the devil. Not one thing and we know it. But Lord we want to do more. We want to make a greater impact. And we want to be greater in you. That we can do it for your glory and for nothing else. Lord, I ask You to kill that thing in people that has them yet making excuses for wandering in the service when they feel like it, knowing that they've missed most of the prayers. Father, I thank You for helping us to be diligent people, to do what we need to do, to not be an embarrassment to ourselves and to the church of the living God, but to diligently do our assigned work so that our prayers can be effective and our prayers can avail much. And we thank you for that opportunity to pray and to serve you that way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I think that's all God wants me